1796, a beautiful plantation home was built in Francisville, Louisiana, on a piece of land that was purchased by a man named David Bradford. According to local legend, the land that the plantation was built on was an ancient Native American burial ground. The location and the dark history, including several reported murders on the property, have led to it being called one of the most haunted places in America and a popular location for ghost hunters to investigate. This is the Myrtles Plantation. I'm Ashton and welcome to the Haunted Corner. Welcome back to the Haunted Corner. Today is Thursday, so we're talking about ghosts, specifically the ghosts that reportedly haunt the Myrtles Plantation. This is a very popular spooky hotspot. Thousands of people visit each year to enjoy the beautiful property or to try to connect with the other side. The history is really interesting and the paranormal tales that I found really spooked me. So let's get into it. The original house was built in 1796 in Francisville, Louisiana, by General David Bradford. According to many reports, the land that the house was originally built on initially belonged to the Tunica tribe, and they used the land as a tribal burial ground, which, of course, fuels the haunted history rumors. Now, David Bradford was going through it at the time. He wasn't super happy with the way that the government was headed, particularly the tax that was placed on whiskey in the early 1790s. Things went crazy and people were literally rebelling. Bradford led a militia in Pittsburgh regarding the whiskey tax and eventually he was forced to flee the United States to avoid punishment for his role in this whiskey rebellion. And this is how he got his nickname of Whiskey Dave. Bradford eventually landed in Louisiana, which was a Spanish colony at the time. And this is where he built a beautiful home on 650 acres of land. He initially named the property Laurel Grove. And the house was beautiful. It had a large veranda that stretched across the entire house. It featured 28 rooms spread over two floors, beautiful carvings and decor, marble mantles, and a huge chandelier hanging in one of the halls. Now, Bradford lived there alone for several years until he was officially pardoned by U.S. President John Adams in 1799. He then brought his family to live on his new plantation. Upon his death in 1808 of yellow fever, his widow Elizabeth continued running the plantation until 1817 when she handed the management to Clark Woodruff, one of Bradford's former law students who had married her daughter, Sarah. The two had three children, Cornelia, James, and Mary Octavia, but 
sadly, Sarah and two of her three children died in 1823 of yellow fever, reportedly. Now, we'll get back to this. Um, but apparently, Clark was known to treat the enslaved people who worked at the house terribly. Specifically, the women. And this will come into the paranormal history surrounding the property as well. There was one specific enslaved woman who worked for the family named Chloe. She worked really closely with the family and she took care of the children. Now, this is the story. The story is that Clark was having an affair with Chloe and she was growing increasingly paranoid about the status of her relationship with Clark. She figured he would grow tired of her and send her to the fields when she was no longer of use to him. She was also said to eavesdrop on the family's conversations. And on one occasion, she was listening in and she was caught by Clark, who punished her for listening in by cutting off one of her ears. From then on, it's said that she wore a scarf to conceal what had happened to her. And the story goes that at that time, Chloe hatched a plan to save her current status. She gathered some leaves from the oleander plant and boiled them in water. And it's said that this would create an arsenic-like substance that she planned to pour into the batter of a birthday cake that she was making for one of the children. It's really speculated that her intention was not murder, but she instead just wanted to make the girls and their mother sick so that she could nurse them all back to health and maintain her spot in the, in the house as the family's personal servant. But this plan eventually went terribly wrong, and within a couple hours of eating the cake, it's said that two of the girls and Sarah were dead. It's also reported that the other enslaved people began to worry that Clark would punish them as well for Chloe's mistake. So they took it upon themselves to hang her by the river and throw her body in the water. Now, as I said, this is just a story. And another story is that this never happened at all and that Sarah and the kids died from yellow fever. After his wife's death, Clark Woodruff and his surviving daughter, Mary Octavia, moved to Covington, Louisiana and left a caretaker to manage the plantation. In 1834, Clark Woodruff sold the plantation, the land, and the enslaved people to Rough and Gray Sterling. Sterling and his wife, Mary Catherine Cobb, took over the property and they decided to remodel the property. So they almost doubled the size of the former building and filled the house with imported furniture from Europe. And it's during this time that the name was changed to the Myrtles after the crepe Myrtles, which are a really beautiful tree that grew in the area. The only recorded murder on the property is that of a man named William Drew Winter. William was an attorney who lived on the property beginning in 1865. And it's said that he was shot on the front porch of the house, seemingly at random. And he tried to call for help while staggering to the stairs where he eventually died on the 17th step. 
this is disputed as well. As some reports say that he died on the porch. But what's known for sure is that he did die in the house. So although this was the only recorded murder on the property, it's said that there could have been many more murders that were covered up by the property owners as time went on. So what is it that led to Myrtle's Plantation being considered one of the most haunted places in America? People travel from all over the world to explore and investigate the property and its hauntings. Teams from the Travel Channel have investigated there. So what energy is trapped there that's causing the many continued reports of paranormal activity on the property? The previous and current owners, as well as the employees, have had many experiences of their own, which has only fueled the paranormal tales within the community. One woman named Frances Kermine Myers and her husband James moved to the plantation in the 1970s and operated it as a bed and breakfast, which is like my dream come true. Count me in. <laughs> now, the couple experienced so many paranormal events while they lived there that Francis wrote a book, which I highly recommend, called Myrtle's Plantation, the story of America's most haunted house. Among many strange things, the family experienced unexplained voices and footsteps when there was no one else around, random perfume smells filling the air, as well as the sound of babies crying when there were no reported infants staying on the property. Francis also said that guests of the bed and breakfast would report strange experiences to her during their stays, including hearing strange sounds, as well as reports of the beds lifting off the ground and floating. There was also one report of a person being chased down the stairs by someone carrying a broom, but when they turned around, no one was there. The current owners of the property are a couple named John and Tita Moss. I couldn't find anything recent to say that they had sold the property, so I'm assuming that they're currently the owners as of 2022. But they've really been through it while owning the property. When they first brought the pro bought the property, they knew of its rich history, including the hauntings. And they began experiencing their own strange occurrences within their first two weeks of living there. The family reported seeing the ghosts of children playing, Tita would hear her husband's voice when he wasn't home, and she also reported hearing the voice of a childhood friend that she hadn't seen in a while. Now, some paranormal expert, experts claim that spirits have the ability to mimic voices of people in order to make the living more comfortable around them. The scariest event that the Moss family experienced was in 1993. Tita was in the office working on some business items when she heard a voice say, check your baby. She initially brushed it off and ignored it, but then she heard it again. Check your baby. So she decided to go check it out just to be sure. And when she entered the baby's room, she realized that the baby was missing. She was completely frantic, searching the house, searching all over for him. And eventually, she came to the front door, and she saw him outside, 
making his way towards the pond. She scooped him up immediately and said that that's that she heard a voice saying, quote, you need not worry, your family will never be harmed here, end quote. And from that moment on, she knew that whatever was in the house was protecting her family and it wasn't malicious or evil in any way. It's said that there are a few specific ghosts haunting the property. And not surprisingly, one of the most popular ghosts is Chloe, the enslaved woman who is said to have worked on the property. The apparition of Chloe has been seen all over the property, and she's even been captured in photographs. More specifically, in one very specific photograph that was used on a postcard that is now sold at the property. A man came in and he was taking photos for insurance purposes when he captured a picture with what appeared to be the apparition of a woman who has similar features as Chloe. Initially, he thought maybe somebody had been on the property and he just didn't see them. But then he thought back on it and he knew that there was no one there at the time. And so this is one of the most popular pictures of the Myrtles Plantation and of Chloe. So I'll put this on the blog so you guys can check it out. But the property really leans into the into the haunting history because they sell this postcard at the property. Tita Moss also reported seeing the ghost of Chloe and capturing her in a photo as well. Chloe is reported to be seen peeking out of windows at visitors, and she's said to take items from people who come to the property as well, including one earring from a pair of earrings belonging to women who visit. It's said that she only takes one earring because she was missing one ear after Clark Woodruff cut it off. She's reported to visit guests at night and is said to be calm and peaceful. Because of the traumatic circumstances surrounding her death, it's thought that she's doomed to roam the property for all of eternity. Another ghost that has been seen at the property is the reported ghost of William Drew Winter. Now, Winter's death is the only reported murder on the property. And it's said that this violent and sudden death may have trapped his spirit at the plantation. His apparition is reported around the property, and more specifically, he's been seen on the stairs. He's been heard, and he's also been seen. He's been heard stomping and staggering up the stairs while asking for help and moaning. But again, the story also says that he may have not made it to the stairs and actually died on the porch. So... Who is the spirit that is confronting people on the stairs? Is it William or is it another spirit? Now, the final ghost that has been seen at the plantation is the woman in the green turban. This woman is unidentified, but appears to be the apparition of an African-American woman wearing a long dress and a green turban. 
She has been seen standing at the foot of the bed holding a candlestick that appears to emit a strong glow from it as if it's actually lit. She apparently likes to watch people when they're sleeping, which is not my favorite thing. But whatever floats your boat, I suppose. One of the previous owners, Frances Kermine Myers, reported seeing the woman in the green turban standing at the foot of her bed. Some people have implied that this may be the ghost of Chloe as well, while others are adamant that they are two different spirits. She's said to be friendly, like Chloe is, and people spend hours in the rooms of the plantation trying to communicate with the woman in the green turban. And that is the history and hauntings of the Myrtles Plantation. I've decided that I want to live there. <laughs> I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I really loved learning about the history and the hauntings of the property. What do you guys think? Is it haunted? Have you been there? If you have a story to share, I'd love to hear it. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The sources for today's episode will be listed in the show notes and also on the blog post for the episode at www.thehauntedcorner.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts with new episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday. For exclusive content and access to our Patreon-only Facebook group, please join us over on Patreon. The very first exclusive episode, which is Cruise Ship Disappearances Part 1, is available now at the $1 per month level on up. And Part 2 is coming very, very soon, sooner than you think. So get over there if you haven't already. If you join at the $5 per month level, you'll have access to an upcoming episode one week early. And you'll get an exclusive The Haunted Corner sticker after donating for three months, plus a lot more. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend. If you have a case suggestion or correction to share, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.